0: Hi, I'm Pastor Torrin Brooks, and welcome to Faith Christian Church. So glad you decided to join us today. For the next 30 minutes, we're going to be looking through God's Word and finding ways for it to apply to our lives today. Hope you enjoy this morning's sermon. I want to uh, read you uh, from Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 15, uh, and, and going down to the end of the chapter. We're going to read this first, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to explain it, and, and we're going to get into it, because I want you to know the Bible says no man can serve two masters. And we're going, to, we're going to talk about this because you need to understand. You need to be serving God as if you were a slave to God. Let's read it. Uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you uh, present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to uncleanliness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit uh, did you then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. Verse 23, famous scripture, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Coming from the South, slavery was not an unfamiliar term to me growing up in elementary school. In fact, I'll be honest with you, um, it depended on whose class you were in, what you learned about slavery. Now, this may be a little hard for some of you to swallow, but you need to hear this this morning. Because if you don't understand slavery the way we understand slavery and the way they understood slavery, you're not going to grasp this concept this morning. If if I had a title for this, it'd be a slave to whom? Because I want you to understand that, that slavery is not something people really desired to be in. I hope you understand that this morning. When people back in the day were born into slavery, it wasn't... Oh, hey, this is a great idea. I think I'll stick around for a while and do this. In fact, it was hard. It was difficult. Now, not every slave was tortured and and beaten. Uh, In fact, my great-great-great-grandfather had two slaves, from from what I've read. Uh, And both of them were given land after the Civil War from him. The government didn't do it. He did it. He, in fact, some of those uh, descendants, uh, if, if I remember my genealogy correctly, some of those descendants are still living within 30 miles of that area, still sharecropping, believe it or not. But, but to some, slavery was bad. Back in the, in the New Testament times, uh, slavery was, was, was world-renowned. Uh, everyone who had money had slaves. Now, sometimes they called them servants because it made them feel better. come on let's be honest a slave by any other name is still a slave it's 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 it was the pressures and the work that they were under which titled them a slave some were were never given rest some were uh exploited for all kinds of different things many of them uh work 14 hour days maybe 16 hour days uh i know some people that do that now and they they probably feel like they're slaves to their <laughs> to what they do but that you know they're just all the time under pressure in fact um, uh, speaking of, speaking of under pressure, I don't know if you heard this on the news the other day, but there was a, uh 911 operator that when they picked the, 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 uh, OnStar dialed 911, and when the phone picked up, the operator was asleep. They'd been working for 20-something hours straight, and, uh, they apparently fell asleep, and, uh, it wasn't good for that. I don't know if they lost their job or not, but it was, it was, it was pr- big news for about 30 seconds, and, uh, But slavery was not something people wanted. And certainly, once a slave was freed, it wasn't their idea to go back. After all, there are demands of slavery. There are pressures, and there's this overwhelming um, weight on the shoulders of people who are enslaved. And and even though in today's day, slavery is outlawed everywhere in the world but I think, six countries we still have issues with the word slavery when we say it, especially when we hear it preached from the pulpit. Because we understand the idea of what it was like to be a slave to sin. Now, well, maybe your sins weren't as bad as your neighbor's sins, but I can tell you what, uh, you know, and and I can say my sins weren't maybe not as as bad as I think they were, but how many of you know sin is sin? let's, Let's be fair for a minute here. Little white lies are still sin. Let me get behind my bulletproof glass here. (laughs) No, let's be honest. Look, when when the Bible says you shouldn't lie and that all liars have their part in the lake of fire, Pastor, why do you harp on that all the time? Because some of you still don't get it. Lying is not acceptable. It's not acceptable. And listen, listen, neither is cheating. Now, I know we're past tax date, but cheating is not acceptable either. Murder is, it's out of the question. How bad you don't like your neighbor? Murder's out of the question. But when we were sinning, wherever you were in your walk in sin, when you met Jesus, you were a slave to sin. Just ask the addict. An addict on the street who surrendered their life to drugs has found themselves at the will of the drug itself. As if that drug has taken on a life of its own and commands and compels them to keep using and to keep doing whatever they can to do that. How many of you know that the devil, when it comes to sin, would rather you stay committed to that sin for eternity? I'm telling you, the devil doesn't like it when we find freedom in Jesus. You know, some some people say, well, I don't, you know, pastor, I I don't think the devil's ever bothered me before. You might be in trouble. (laughs) You might want to pick up this book and read a little bit, see if you're missing something. Because the Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I know I've used this illustration before, but... When he talks about, we, we understand what steal and kill means, but destroy is something entirely different. I told you about the little boy who I buried back in Tennessee in 2005 and how everybody came to his funeral and all these people came to the balloon release at his birthday. It's been several years now. Not a single person shows up to a balloon release now. Because if the devil could do it, he would wipe your very existence and everyone's memories about you completely away. As if you never were. Sin is a cruel taskmaster. It it drives you to keep serving it and, 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 and abusing others along the way. Can I tell you that I've never known a sinner who only affected himself or herself? Hello? I'm sorry, but if people think... They're an alcoholic unto themselves. And and by the way, drunkenness, according to Galatians chapter 5, is a sin. Let's be clear. If we're going to read the Bible for all it's worth, let's call it out for what it's worth. Drunkenness is listed in Galatians 5 as one of the sins. So let's just put it there. Some people think, well, I'm all by myself when I do it. It doesn't hurt anybody else. But the truth of the matter is, I've never met an alcoholic that didn't affect everybody around them. Work, family, friends. Same thing with sinners. I've never known a gossiper. I bet you, you didn't think I was going there, did you? <laughs> I've never known a gossiper who affected only themselves. Hello? Well, it's good truth this morning. Never known, I've never known a person uh, uh, that, 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 that was a... Uh, they had a jealous spirit that ever only affected themselves. I could go along with envy, too. Because I'm going to tell you, here, here's how envy sneaks in the church. Somebody gets gloriously saved. And all the attention goes to that person. And somebody goes, well, I, I, I don't know why nobody ever talks to me anymore. <laughs> Well, if you walk around going Ugh, all the time, I won't want to talk to you either. Or you might start growling and barking next. I don't know. I just. But envy sneaks up. So and so, I I fight this sometimes. Y'all know how much I want a motorcycle. <laughs> I do. The other day, I had a friend of mine in Maine gave one away, and I went. translates, you dog, what'd you do that to me for? You know? You know me! But that's something you have to crucify under under the, crucify that flesh every single day. Because if you don't, what happens is, that sin becomes evident and affects everybody. And when you're a slave to that, it burns you down and makes life not worth living. If you find yourself in a place where day after day you wonder why you're still alive, friend, I would examine your heart to see if you're a slave to something sinful. I I read a report about a a, a high school student down in Mass who committed suicide. Uh, Some friends of ours from the church in Winchester, uh, their kids went to that school and, and and. When life is not worth living, you're bound by something. Something that's weighty and hard and harsh. Let me tell you something, friends. God did not create you and me to be under that burden. And when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, he tells us in the previous chapter, even though sin entered through one man, can I tell you that God sent Jesus? And aren't you glad? To set us free from being a slave to that weight and that burden of sin. Free. Free to be. I don't don't have to go drink if I don't want to. I don't have to go out and commit adultery if I don't want to. I don't have to do it. I'm not a slave. I'm not forced into it. I'm not compelled and driven to do that. I am free by the power of Jesus Christ. Paul says, listen, you ought to be thankful every day you wake up. You may be a slave to your master because you were born in that setting, but thank God you're not a slave to the devil and the sin. You are free in Jesus. But on the other side of that, the problem with us is we're us. The problem with us is we're people. And when when we've been slaves to sin for so long, when we're free, we're like, oh, huh. I'll never forget, college was an eye-opening experience for me. I was, I've been raised in a Christian home all my life, and, and, and I, went to, I, went to, I thought going to a Bible college would be even better than ever, and then I walked on campus and realized that half the people there didn't want to be there. They only went there because they got half off because their parents were teachers or missionaries or something. And they didn't want to be there. They were only there for a year to satisfy their parents. And, and when you get people who, who have been living under a structured, tight lifestyle, and all of a sudden they're free in college, it's like, wow, freedom. What was it, Braveheart? What was it freedom? Yeah, and, well, actually, no, because he died in that scene, didn't he? Yeah, but, but, there's, this, there's this great... Great release and freedom, and then all of a sudden they're going crazy, and everybody's wondering why. You know? It's a bizarre mindset. Because they've been so used to structure and to burden, that when they're finally free, they don't know what to do. And Paul says, listen, what you ought to do is very simple. Take the attitude of, I have to because it's what I have to do, and take it from sin to righteousness. Put on your self-disciplines to, to righteousness as if you're serving righteousness as a slave. And we're thinking, no, 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 Pastor, no, 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 no. I just got out of that. I'm free, look. Freedom, free, i No chains. I'm good. Why do I want to go back to that? Because if you don't, you're going to have the same problem you had with sin with self. See, some of us, the devil doesn't need to tempt us because we're just that dumb. We dummy up all the time. There's no, there's no little demon going, hey man, I think you ought to eat, you know, be gluttonous. <laughs> yeah. That's a good looking steak. And then we walk out of there and we're going, somebody give me the wheelchair. I'm full. And then we get sick. And we don't have to have the devil's help. We just do it on our own. And see, Paul understood this. He said, that's, that's the problem with flesh. The problem with flesh is sometimes we don't need a push. We do it on our own. You don't have to train a baby to be selfish. They come out being selfish. They come out, and the first thing they, 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 they do is, Aah! which translates, I'm cold and feed me. You didn't catch the distinguishing in my, Aah! but that means I'm cold and feed me. And listen, babies will keep you up late into the night because of selfishness. I prayed over all my kids, be saved in Jesus' name. Release that demon of selfishness. Sleep. Didn't work. Hey, <laughs> can't blame a guy for trying. <laughs> Paul says, listen, you want to really be free in the Lord. Learn to commit yourself willingly to righteousness as you were forced to commit yourself to slavery under sin. See, the attitude of the heart is what makes the difference. When when you're standing there and your attitude says, no thanks guys, I can't go with you because I choose God over the party. All of a sudden, you put yourself, in other words, you put yourself into those chains, not because you want to be Bound, but because there's great freedom in living for Jesus. There is. I've told you before, when we studied the law, we we, we talked about the law before. I said, there's great freedom within the law to live. You can do a lot of stuff without thou shalt not murder. I mean, really, you know? know? Love your neighbor as yourself frees you to do a whole lot of things. Like make cookies for your pastor. (laughs) Hallelujah. I felt the Lord in that. Just thought I'd share that. But you have this understanding that, listen, if you want to live successfully in righteousness, you have to bind yourself to righteousness. Like you were bound to sin. See, when you were bound to sin, you didn't really have to have anybody say, let's go sin, you just went and go sin. When you're bound to righteousness, however, you don't have to have people say, you know what, brother, I think it's a good time, we ought to go to church. You say to yourself, hey, I know know your company, I know your, your house, but lock up the door if you have to leave, I'm going to church. Not because I'm forced to, but because I bind myself to that because it's the right thing to do. Same thing with other things that are scripturally sound, like, I don't know, tithing. Pastor, you don't understand the economic conditions of the environment in which we live in this day and age in an election year. Yeah, I do. But God's not, God does, that doesn't bother God. God's law of blessing and cursing exists with or without the United States of America. Oh, I'm going to say that again. You need to sink that in just in case, you know, you've missed the news lately. God's economy doesn't matter whether or not there's an inflation rate or not. Listen, during the middle of the Great Depression, you know what, what, what organizations thrived? The church. Because they kept trusting God, even in nothingness, and they per- were, God provided for them all the time. I love the stories of George Mueller running the orphanage. He's got zero breakfast food and tells the kids to go get ready for breakfast. <laughs> now, if I, were running, if I was a kid in that orphanage, I'd again, he's flipped his lid. He's crazy. They sit down and they pray for breakfast, and there's nothing on the table. And right in the middle of prayer, Brother Muter opened up the door. It's the milkman. Hey, George, got some extra milk. Would you like it? Yes, I would. Come on in. Sit down. They start praying. Thanks for the milk. Hold on. Gets up. It's the breadman. George, I got some extra, extra pastries from the shelf this morning. I haven't sold them. Would you like to feed them to the kids for breakfast? Yeah, I would. <laughs> but that man prayed all the time. He, he bound himself to prayer. He said, listen, if I want to see God move like he moved in the days of old, I've got to commit myself as if I'm a slave to prayer. I can't help but obey. I have to pledge myself. Because if you don't pick one master, you're going to automatically pick the other. Hello? Well, I'm telling you the truth this morning. If you don't pick Jesus, you're going to pick something else. If I had my choice of masters, I'd like the guy who says, My yoke is easy and my burden's light. I like that guy. I like the guy who, when I follow his rules, he blesses me. I like, I like serving a God who says, Listen, this all I want from you is you. That's why I'm glad Kevin put on the sign what he did about, you know, uh, God wants full custody, not just weekend visits. He's not just wanting a part of you. He wants all of you. But you've got to commit to Him like you committed to sin. You've got to commit to Jesus to do right like you committed to everything else. It would freak the world out if we committed more to God than we did our jobs. Hello? If all of a sudden you told your family, if you live in my house, you go to my church. And if you don't get out of bed on time to make it to church on time, I will introduce you to my friend, Cold Water. There you go. Some of you think I'm kidding. I've been splashed with cold water. I was 11 years old, and I told my dad I wanted to, st- I wanted to stay home from church because I was sick. Now, my, my parents never let me skip church because they believed in the power of prayer, and they believed in the excessive extreme faith. So if we were sick, we were rushed to church. <laughs> I got sick on Tuesday. My dad said, well... Let's, let's take him to see the pastor. And I, I was like, no, I to, it's not even Wednesday. I don't want to go to church. It's, no, I can't wait. I'll be sick for a day. We'll go to church tomorrow. Don't make me go to church tonight. We went to his house. My mom and dad didn't joke around. Because they were committed. They bound themselves in those, in those chains of righteousness so that they wouldn't go back to the flesh and they wouldn't go back to sin. Therein lies a problem, because that's exactly what most of the church does today. They've set free from sin, but they like being free from anything. God is looking for a church that wants to be bound to Him. That wants to be wrapped up in what He's doing. To where nothing else matters if it doesn't have God in it. Or you can't take God to it. How many of you know God can show up at the ball field? I'm I'm praying for extreme faith. I'll I'll just let you in on this. I'm praying for extreme faith. Uh, I'd love to be able to pray over the football games like we used to when I was going to school. I mean, it wasn't like we're praying for everybody to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. We were just praying nobody got hurt. Come on. God raise up some little league coaches who aren't afraid to play to pray over their players before a ball game, saying, "Lord, protect my little ones." Because see, they hear that, and then they start doing it. Bound. My kids have done this to me. I uh, <clears throat> every night before bed, I pray with all my children. They. The twins have their room, and Nick and Alex have their room, and Liz has her room. But I go to each room and, and pray. And the older they get, the more I involve them in prayer. The twins, I just hold their hands, and I pray a blessing over them and let them go to sleep. The older boys, I ask them what they want to pray about, and then I pray with them over the things they pray. And with Elizabeth, I make her give three things she's thankful to God for, three things she wants God to answer, and then I make her pray. And I agree with her that God will answer her prayers. Last night I was out burning things. I won't say I was burning trash because you're not allowed to do that in Vermont. I was burning wood. I was being a good boy this time. And and it was bedtime. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but you can't just leave the fire going. And it was roaring. It was big. Pictures of it on Facebook. Tune in later. And uh, and, and my wife comes out. And she goes, you know you've done it, right? None of the kids will go to bed unless you come and pray with them. Bound. I My prayer is that that will be one discipline they'll take with them for the rest of their lives. Not only will they pray with their family, but they'll find time to pray every, every, every day and they will continue that tradition, but make it not more than a tradition, but a binding of the soul to God in a discipline of nightly prayer. Because I'd rather be bound to Jesus than backbound to sin, or even worse, a slave of myself and my own will. I would rather say I surrender all to Jesus I, I put myself under His watch, under His commands. To where if He doesn't say it, I don't do it. If, 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 I, if I have a question about whether what something is right or wrong, I don't try to go to Wikipedia and look it up. I go to my knees. And I bind myself to His will. You know, we used to sing that song, I Am Thine, O Lord. Do you remember this song? It draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord. There's a part of that that says, that one of those choruses says, let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. In other words, saying to yourself, you know what? If I stay in sin, bound to sin, I know I'm going to die. But if I stay free in my flesh, I know I'm going to find my way back into sin. So to preserve the grace that God has given me, I'm going to bind myself to Jesus. Jesus would tell his disciples, and I'll close with this. He would tell his disciples in one of those really awkward moments where he'd catch them uh, after one of these deep discussions about who was going to be better than everybody else in heaven. And he said, if you want to follow me, why don't you deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me? In other words, bind yourself to my fate. Bind yourself to what I'm going through. Because the person who tries to save their own life will lose it. And the person that loses their life for my sake will find it. Sure, you can stay free and be in the flesh and do all kinds of stuff and feel free from sin. But until you bind yourself to Jesus and commit with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, you will always find yourself wavering back and forth. See, I believe that when the Bible says, whom the Son set free is free indeed, it's still true. Because I'm not being forced to bind myself to Jesus. I choose to. Because I'm going to tell you what, I'd rather be with Him and bound to Him than anyone else. Because there is great freedom being with Jesus. So glad you decided to join us today, but you really should visit in person. Service times are at 10 o'clock Sunday morning, 6 p.m. on Sunday night, and 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. We're located at 582 Rockingham Road. It's on Highway 5 across from Everton and in Bellows Falls. You can also visit our website at www.faithchristianag.com. God bless you. Have a great day.